Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Figuring out what to make for dinner and cooking after a long day of work, who has the time or the energy for that? And if you're on Whole30 or just trying to eat healthier, it can be incredibly challenging. But Whole30 author Melissa Hartwig has a solution. The Whole30 Slow Cooker Cookbook offers 150 delicious, no-fuss recipes, over half of which can be whipped up in an instant pot or a crock pot. While you're at work or at play, you can slow cook delicious, healthful dinners like classic slow cooker beef stew, five spice ribs, or smoky sweet potato chili. That one sounds phenomenal to the vegetarian in me. The Whole30 Slow Cooker Cookbook makes it even easier to achieve Whole30 success. Another cookbook that is perfect for busy people, especially busy moms, is the Whole Smith's Good Food Cookbook, the first cookbook to be endorsed by the Whole30. Whether you're currently on Whole30 or looking for delicious recipes for the other 335 days of the year, the Whole Smith's Good Food Cookbook offers food for the whole family. Stop dreading the eternal question of what do I cook tonight and start enjoying healthful, mouth-watering meals with the Whole Smith's Good Food Cookbook and the Whole30 Slow Cooker Cookbook. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 263 of the Professional Book Nerds podcast presented by Overdrive. This is Adam. Uh, all by myself, one more time, Jill is still celebrating a little bit of time off after getting married. Jill, if you're listening to this uh, for some reason, <laughs> congratulations again. Uh, but I hope you're not because you should be enjoying some time away from my voice. You hear it enough when you're in the office. Today's episode is an interview we did with Melissa Hartwig, the creator of the Whole30 Whole uh, Nutritional Movement, really. It's, it's not a diet. We talk about that in the interview we did with her. Um, it's an incredible kind of food plan to show you what your body reacts well with, what are some problematic foods for your body, if there's any dietary issues you may have. This, this Whole30 Movement is a wonderful way to Uh, uncover them and then figure out the best ways to avoid those types of situations. So we go into how Melissa founded Whole30. Uh, We really dive into the program and how unique it is and why it's different than, you know, just trendy fad diets that you see now and then all around. Um, Want to thank our publishing partners at Houghton Mifflin Harcourt for sponsoring this episode. Uh, You heard a really uh, exciting couple of cookbooks at the beginning of this introduction that I think you guys should check out. It's a lot of in phenomenal recipes for fall, a uh, really perfect time when you want to um, you know, cook up something warm to be ready for you when you get home from a long day of work. Uh, there's a couple of books that are really phenomenal that we had in our adder at the beginning. So thank you again for that. Um, thank you to Melissa for spending a lot of time with us talking about books and 
food and working out and just a whole bunch of really great stuff. It was a lot of fun to, to chat with her and uh, hoping to bring her back at some point to talk about books because she is uh, a level of book nerd that is right up there with us. So um, definitely check out Whole30 if you're not familiar with it. Definitely be sure to follow Melissa and Whole30 on, on social media. They have a whole bunch of wonderful posts all around the internet um, that are really inspiring and I think you'll really enjoy it. If you want to get a hold of us, you can always find us at professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at ProBookNerds, uh, and then you can email us at ProfessionalBookNerds at Overdrive.com. Okay, that's the last time you'll hear just me by myself for a while. Um, <laughs> Melissa Melissa Hartwig, who is on the episode with us, uh, will not be back on our next episode, but Joe will be, which is wonderful. So hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Professional Book Nerds podcast with Melissa Hartwig, founder of The Whole 30 Movement. Hey everyone, it's Adam and Jill today again, and we are very, very excited to bring you a slightly different author interview than we would normally do. We are joined today by Melissa Hartwig, who is the brainchild of the very widely popular Whole30, I would almost call it a a food movement, Mm -hmm. and uh, she's also a five times uh, New York Times bestselling author, so not only is she helping people get healthy, but she's kind of putting her money where her mouth is and putting all those recipes out into the world. So, Melissa, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk about books. Okay. So, for people who might not know, which is a a funny idea to me because I feel like everybody (laughs) now knows what Whole30 is, but for people who maybe haven't heard of it and are listening in, can you kind of let everyone know what the whole idea around Whole30 is? Yes, and I'm listening to you introduce me and describe the program, and you get to the Whole30 part, and I'm like, he's going to say diet, and then you said food movement, which I love. I I know better. I know better. (laughs) I know. You did your research. That's one of the big, I think, things that we like to to say about the Whole30 is that we're not a diet. It's not a weight loss program. It's not a quick fix. It's not a detox or a cleanse. The way I describe the program is that it is a reset for your health, your habits, and your relationship with food. So you know how every dietitian out there and every nutrition expert says, there's no one-size-fits-all. You have to figure out what works for you. And everybody's like, cool, that makes total sense. How do I figure out what works for you? Mm -hmm. Whole30 is how you figure that out. It is a 30-day self-experiment designed to teach you how the foods you've been eating are actually impacting your health, your quality of life, your energy, your sleep, your mood, After this experiment, you're then able to take what you've learned and create the perfect sustainable diet for you. It's such a, such a wonderful idea. Just like, I love the fact that, and I've seen you do a bunch of interviews about this, but it's like, you very simply explain to people like you, this can help you find the foods that your body interacts poorly with by doing this over a, a, pan, a, you know, a span of, of 30 days. just like To me, it's just such a, a unique concept. So I'm curious, how did you come up with this? Well, the Whole30 is based on the framework of an elimination diet, which is not a new concept. It's been around since the 1920s, and many doctors still consider an elimination diet the gold standard in identifying food sensitivities. You know, we've got a lot of lab tests, and we've got all of these different markers we can measure for, but food is really complex, and it interacts with our bodies in very complex ways. So 
you know, things, there are lots of things a lab test can't measure. And the idea of eliminating a food completely for a set period of time and then reintroducing it and comparing your experience is a really accurate way for each person to decide whether that food works well for them. The Whole30 came about as really a self-experiment back in April 2009. We were really into health and fitness. I was very into CrossFit at the time. I was wondering if cleaning up my diet, just that last little like 20% would make a difference to my recovery and my athletic performance. So we created this kind of set of loose rules, um, which was really the foundation of what the Whole30 is today based kind of on a paleo diet framework, so whole, natural, real food for 30 days. And this self-experiment not only changed so much physically for me, but really highlighted for me all of the ways that I was using food in a dysfunctional fashion. It really changed my habits. It changed my perception of my body, um, my relationship with food. And it was such a powerful experience that I decided to share it on my blog. And that was really the start of the movement that is now Whole30. And it's, I mean, I know you said you sort of base it on kind of a um, paleo framework, but I know on your, uh, the website, the Whole30 website, you have shopping lists for sort of specialty um, dietary needs, like the vegetarian and vegan shopping list. So it's not, you're not necessarily limited in terms of what you eat normally and Whole30 can still apply, right? Kind of. So as the program grew, we had people who loved the idea of Whole30, the community aspect, the way we're so supportive, all of the resources that we offered, and this idea of self-experimentation. But as a vegan, you can't do the Whole30 as outlined. We give, you know, we're eliminating like almost all of your plant-based protein sources. So what I've done in future books, um, Food Freedom Forever, I've taken the Whole30 framework and applied it to a vegan template. So it kind of still takes into account that we're trying to change your health and your habits and your relationship with food. We're still eliminating the most commonly problematic items in a vegan template. We're pulling out things like added sugar and alcohol. We're really trying to get you to, you know, think about habits like dessert or satisfying sugar cravings, but we're doing it within a vegan construct. So it's not technically the Whole30, but we've used the framework to help a broader group of people learn more about how the food they're eating impacts them. I have to tell you, as I, my wife and I have been vegetarian for about five years now, and like I very much appreciate that because the first time I saw the Whole30 idea, I was like, oh, this is such a wonderful idea. My, my family, personally, there's a lot of uh, different um, health issues. Uh, I have a sister who has celiac. I have a sister who has diabetes. And so there's all sorts of like testing that our family's always been doing when it comes to what foods we can and can't eat. And so when I saw this, I was all on board. But again, as a vegetarian, I initially was a little bit hesitant. So hearing, you know, you kind of talking about finding those different replacements, um, it's it's really helpful. And it's it's a wonderful thing that you're doing because I feel like people there's a maybe a common misconception that your the whole whole 30 is like a kind of exclusive thing and lots of people can't be a part of it but you're really doing as much as you possibly can to show people that this is something that people as a again as like a movement people can be a part of absolutely it's really important to us to uh increase diversity and inclusion and representation within the program in a huge variety of areas it's a project that we've been very hard at work on for the last year um 
And well, in some areas, but the vegetarian and vegan community, we've been really reaching out to for many years now. We've got a pretty thriving vegetarian and vegan subset of the Whole30 community. They're sharing pescatarian recipes. They're talking about best practices. We've got a section of our Whole30 forum dedicated to vegetarians and vegans. And I think one of the best aspects of quote, doing the Whole30 is that you get to belong to this community, which is so incredibly positive and engaged and supportive. I really think we have the best community on the entire internet. And if you're doing something as scary as changing your diet, you're going to want as much support as you can get around that. So that actually, uh, your talk about the work you've been doing for diversity and such um, leads into a question that I wanted to ask, because I know on you have recently um, been using Instagram as a really great platform to talk about diversity and accessibility, um, specifically in your Instagram stories. I know you had a thing um, yesterday, I think, about the descriptions for photos and then, um, you know, talking about diversity in that way. So can you talk a little bit more specifically about the decision to um, use Instagram stories in that way? Uh, Yeah, you know, Instagram is a platform, I think it's kind of the the preferred platform of the Whole30 community as a whole. And we still have a thriving community on Facebook and we're using Twitter, but Instagram really seems to resonate. I think because you can come to the Whole30 Instagram feed and in one quick visual, you get a real solid idea of what the programming community is all about. Um, And I prefer Instagram just, you know, from a social media perspective, I like using it, I find the stories are a really fantastic way for me to connect with the community. They're casual, they're not scripted, they're not, um, you know, produced. It's very much just like me in the moment talking to my community and and I'm very involved in my direct messages. So that's really how I'm contacting with, connecting with people one-on-one and providing customer service. And Instagram has been a really great platform to discuss areas of, of things like diversity and inclusion and representation. And I feel like because I have a platform and because I have a voice, you know, I want to share all of the efforts we're making. I want to share the learning that I'm doing in this area and invite people to sort of learn with me. And I think that's how I've chosen to use stories and to use my posts is these are the things we're focused on. I don't have it all figured out yet, you know, but here's where I am right now. And here are all of the things I'm learning as I research and engage and, you know, um, outreach to people on these subjects. That's awesome. Um, actually, speaking of your social media platforms, um, that something that you've never really shy away from discussing is your history struggling with addiction in the past. And like, do you think that that led to you kind of coming up with the Whole30 concepts? Because I feel like whenever we talk about dieting people can if they are if they do have an addictive personality they can really struggle with diets that they're using they can get kind of like off the deep end the way that they they end up using them so the the whole 30 is kind of the way that it is it's 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 a healthy way to do that so do you think that your you know past and you know the things that you had gone through previously helped lead to the entire idea of how whole 30 works Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm a recovering drug addict. I've been clean for about 18 years. So I got clean long before the Whole30 came to view. But if you look at the rules and the support and the language used around the program, there's a lot of recovery language in there. And I didn't realize it when I was writing it. It's just a part of who I am and how I speak and how I think about 
like doing hard things. And yeah, I do think my experience has played a huge role in the way Whole30 was born and in the way it's kind of evolved and the support that we offer. Um, you know, from my perspective, food and drugs are not that different from a psychological perspective. And when you're talking about this cycle of craving and over-consuming and the resulting guilt and shame and isolation that leads to and the stress that that brings and the stress that prompts further cravings and the cravings that lead to more overconsumption and like hating yourself the whole time. Am I talking about drugs or am I talking about sugar? Mm-hmm. It's the same cycle. And so me sharing my story, I think is a way for me to connect because I didn't have these same issues with food per se, but I certainly know what it feels like to be out of control with something. And I do think that there's a lot of really good things in the recovery practice that I've learned and the stuff that I've since like researched and studied that can be applied equally effectively to food. Before we go past anything, first off, that's, you said 18 years since, as mm-hmm. a, that's incredible. Congratulations. Yeah. I just didn't want to like blow past <laughs> that. Just like yeah. go to my next question. Like, and speaking of Instagram, like I wanted to yeah. make sure I, Oh, that's amazing. Um, You, I feel like speaking of Whole30, we should mention this. You guys, you have a new uh, recipe book coming out in October, correct? Yes, we do. Whole30 Slow Cooker and Instant Pot. Yes, October 23rd. Okay, that is, first off, perfect time for slow cooker recipes because that is like my wife and I's go-to thing in in the fall and winter, it's like, I don't know, put a bunch of vegetables and, mm-hmm. and some chickpeas in there and we'll figure it out when we get home. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, this is every, just to be like super clear, every good idea I've ever had about the Whole30 has come from the community. Mm-hmm. And this is the one cookbook that over the last few years people have said, you know, I'm using my slow cooker a lot. It does the work for me while I'm at work. Now I'm using my Instant Pot. It saves even more time. It would be great if we had more resources. And I was like, cool, we can do that for you. Yeah. So, yeah, this is, is I think it's going to be so um, popular with our community because so many people are looking for ways to maintain their healthy lifestyle and save time at the same time. Oh, 100%. I love my slow cooker, and I just got an Instant Pot. And so mm-hmm. they they are. They're like these little magical machines in my kitchen. That- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, we always struggle. I will make, um, like, sweet potato chili is my, like, my wife's favorite thing that we make that for as vegetarians. Like, I will make it at night, and then when we wake up in the morning, it all, our house already smells like like chili and then we have to both go to work and be thinking about it all day so that's the one backfire i would tell everyone like prepare things in the morning so you don't wake up smelling the food that you're going to have to wait all day to eat but oh uh, i just eat chili for breakfast that's right <laughs> so oh, i that would, would just work. wake up and eat it yeah because you can put an egg on it well if you're maybe if you're not veg- maybe not oh, for vegetarian but yeah. i would put an egg on it for sure <laughs> i i will say we we are vegetarians who allow ourselves i have poached eggs is the one thing i couldn't ever give up so that's like yes. we're like vegetarian plus eggs so i yeah, kind of want to go make it. chili now for breakfast i know tell, <laughs> yeah how um how hands-on do you get to be with, like, the creation of the recipes? You know, you talked about the community providing really wonderful ideas, but, like, when it comes to creating recipes that are going to go in these books, do you get to, like, sit in a test kitchen with people? Or, um, like, how, how much do you get to still be hands-on with that process? I have sat in the test kitchen, and I have um, done – I've been to the recipe shoots, and I've gotten to eat the meals as we're recipe testing – I have been a fantastic team of recipe developers that I've been working with for a few years now, 
and they're the ones responsible for creating the content, uh, the concept of the recipe and the recipes themselves. That is not my forte. I'm not a chef. We also have contributors from the Whole30 community who submit their recipes to every book. So we've got nine contributors for Slow Cooker who are, you know, at-home chefs or recipe bloggers or professional chefs who contributed their recipes. But I review them all. I make sure that the proportions look right. Like, oh, we need some more veggies on that or that's not quite enough protein for this meal. Um, I'll kind of finalize some of the concepts. Like, well, this is, you know, not, we wouldn't really promote this as Whole30 because it uses like too much too many dates as a sweetener, so let's kind of back off that. But for the most part at this point, I've been working with the same team for so long. They're so good with these concepts and they're so creative. They just continue to impress me with the stuff that they come up with. I love that you have community members who um, contribute recipes. That's incredible. Yes, we have people who are so talented, who have elevated Whole30 cooking to a level that I never could have imagined. So when we're doing these cookbooks, you know, we reach out to people in our community and say like, hey, thank you so much for all of your contributions. How would you like to be in a book? And then we give them a bunch of copies when it comes out so they can give copies to their mom and their friends and their community for a giveaway. And it's just a really exciting thing for everyone. Oh, man. I I feel like recipe test day, that sounds like the best day. That's like the best possible day. I don't eat breakfast because I'm like, you know what? Just, I'm just going to like keep as much room in my stomach as I possibly can. And it's like Thanksgiving in the best way possible with so many different dishes. <laughs> oh, man. That sounds so, so good. All right. We're going to get to books in a second. But we did have um, some people send some questions in on Twitter. And there's one that I actually also was planning on asking. So uh, we had someone send a message that said, what's your favorite thing to cook in your slow cooker when you are enjoying your food freedom? Oh, that's a good question. I really also love a hearty chili, but we have a few different spins on chili where uh, we've got like a chili with sweet potato, like beef and sweet potato. There's a new chili, a turkey chili in the slow cooker cookbook that I'm obsessed with. Um, It's really, really good. So anything with like sweet potato or butternut squash, like it's still really hearty. You've got the really good, healthy kind of complex carbs in there from vegetables, but it's really rich. And if I'm living my food freedom, I might serve it over a little bit of rice or I might dip, you know, some tortilla chips with it. But it's a perfect Whole30 dish in and of itself. I feel like you can never go wrong with chili. And in the morning, like I said, you just crack an egg over the top. You're good to go. (laughs) It's it's like fall shakshuka is what I would call that. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm stealing that. (laughs) That's totally (laughs) fine. You can I I am a bit of a food nerd when it comes to cooking myself. So that type of thing. Yeah, I'm I'm on board. Yeah. God, now I want I'm sorry for bringing it up to all of us guys. Now I really want chili. I know I haven't eaten lunch yet. So I might actually throw that in and eat it for breakfast. Uh Um, So I actually have a question for my sister who wants you to know that she has done three rounds of Whole30. So she was very excited when I told her I was interviewing you. But um, <laughs> she, th- actually, this sort of is related, but she wanted to know how you separate, um, you know, Melissa, the Whole30 creator, from Melissa, the mom, who has, you know, this life outside of um, the Whole30 world. And she said that you have mentioned before that sometimes people question you at the grocery store when you have a non-Whole30 compliant item in your cart. And she's just sort of wondering how you kind of balance and and differentiate all of that? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, So I think two things come to mind. The first is I am in the public who I really am. I learned a really long time ago that trying to project this image of like perfect Whole30 Melissa 
was exhausting and it because it was fake it wasn't real and it made me feel like an imposter in my own life if what showed up on instagram and at events was this perfectly polished perfectly you know i only eat these perfect whole 30 foods and i always exercise and i always get nine hours of sleep a night i couldn't keep up with myself and it was very unrelatable for anybody else so the way i show up in public is the way i am so when I see someone at a grocery store and I have non-Whole30 stuff in my cart, they're not surprised because I'm talking about what I eat in my food freedom all the time. So I think that's one aspect of it. The second aspect is that I have very clear boundaries around sharing. And I borrow a phrase from Brene Brown, who I admire so much. I share what is personal, but not what is intimate. So I'll share on social media what I had for dinner that day, or if I went out and had a good conversation with a friend or a colleague or, you know, the behind the scenes of my book tour event, but you'll never see my son on my social media channels. I never talk about who, who my partner, who I'm dating, or like the things that we do personally. Um, and I keep areas of my life just for me. And I think that's been a really important part of me feeling like I can share so much of myself and be really authentic on social media, knowing that there are these aspects of my life that are like, personal and private and, and really like just for me and the people in my life that I love. So I'd say those two things. You can't see us, but we're both just like furiously nodding our head in agreement. <laughs> just like, yes, absolutely. Everything she said. Good. Um, so something else you use your social media for is you like to put pictures of books on your Instagram. I do. Okay, so what, like, what would be, like, if someone was trying to, and I, I'm sorry for doing this because I hate when people put me in a box <laughs> when it comes to books, but, like, what would be, like, what types of books do you sort of end up steering yourself towards when you're looking for a book to read? Uh, okay, I am, like, the most voracious reader. I have been since I was a child. My mom would take my books away from me at the breakfast table, and I would read the back of a Cheerios box just to have something to read. Okay. So my taste is very wide and eclectic. I like literature. I like nonfiction. I like biographies. I love books about habit and change and willpower. I like delicious little snacks. So young adults, like all day sometimes, yep, mm -hmm. bring it on. Like just something easy and delicious trilogies. Uh, I like some sci-fi. I like some mystery. I like some thriller and suspense. Like it's seriously across the board. <laughs> That was, oh my God, you are like a, after our own hearts. This is the key yeah. to the excitement. Um, all right, well, let's just, let's just do some book recommendation stuff then. What's like the, maybe the best book you've read either like this year or over the summer, like the thing that got you most excited? It could be fiction, nonfiction, whatever it is that has really like you've loved this summer or this year. Okay, so um, I read, I, don't, I can't remember if it was the beginning of this year. It might have been End of Last. I loved uh, Shoe Dog. The Phil Knight uh, autobiography. He, that was so good because you feel like a company as big as Nike just like always has their stuff together, right? They're a well-oiled machine. And then you read the behind the scenes of him like shipping shoes out of his basement and having to fly to Japan to like con some people into a deal. And you realize that like as an entrepreneur, nobody really has it together. And I just loved his story and the authenticity with which he told it and the tenacity of his efforts and like his vision i thought it was such a good biography so that was one of my favorites agreed i read it last year it was so good yeah yeah it was fantastic um and then 
I read uh, nonfiction. I really enjoy, I call them dark and twisty. I like books, not uh, fiction-wise rather. I like books that hurt. Like they hurt. They like hurt my heart and hurt my stomach a little bit. Mm-hmm. And all the ugly and wonderful things is like the best representation of that. I read it last year. I've shared it with people. It is not for the faint of heart. But, like, I left that book with such a, like, love and longing and just, like, it broke my heart in the best way possible. I, I got to tell you, we pride ourselves on knowing all about books. And this one somehow went past, like, both our rate. We're literally looking it up as we speak. Like, what, mm-hmm. so what is this about? Let's, let's get some more details from you. It, yeah, again, not for the faint of heart. It's basically <laughs> about a relationship between a very young girl and an older man. And it's, like... I don't know how to describe it. It's like wrong, but beautiful and just so painful. And uh, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to give too much away. And like I said, it's not for the faint of heart. It definitely has some adult subject matter. And it it leaves you wondering like, gosh, what do I really, is there such a thing as like blanket right or wrong? Is there such a thing as, you know, uh, I I don't know. I I just, I, I couldn't, put it down and once I put it down I couldn't stop thinking about it it's almost like sort of sounds like a modern day Lolita kind of maybe a little bit yes uh-huh that's yep that's not a bad way to put it yeah that would be very that's a Jill that's very much of Jill's uh yep so. oh oh Jill just checked it out you yeah. sold me on it yeah so <laughs> As, yeah. in real time yeah that's a wonderful <laughs> audience um, I do, love it, yeah. So we normally have these things that, that we do at the end of our podcast. We call the, the Nerd Nine, which are like nine kind of rapid-fire questions. But some of them are about books, so I'm just going to pop in. What is um, the last book you finished reading? Oh, um, hang on. It's on my bedside table. <laughs> uh, oh, no, it's on my Kindle. Gosh. Um, oh, uh, it's Neil, the newer Neil Gaiman, Neverwhere. Oh, Okay, wow, you're literally... The like, re-release. Like, the re-release. I love him. I'm in love with Neil Gaiman. That book is... That was my very it's, first Neil Gaiman. It's so good. I... It's, yeah, it was so good. We are both massive, massive Neil Gaiman fans. Um, yes. Do you remember the first, like, the, the book when you were young that kind of made you fall in love with reading in books? You're not even going to believe this. It was a book by Robin Cook called Coma. <laughs> I was probably like eight years old and I was in New Jersey visiting relatives and my parents found me plowing through this like medical thriller. Mm -hmm. Like it's definitely an adult book. Um, But that was the first book I ever read like cover to cover. And that was the start of my book love journey. (laughs) Did did you say how old you were when you were reading this? I think I was like eight. I learned to read really, really young, very young. Um, In kindergarten, I was reading like Time Magazine. Mm -hmm. And so I was reading grown up books I don't know why I picked this one, but it was basically, it was a Robin Cook medical mystery about, like, patients who were, like, being put into comas by an evil doctor. That was the plot. And I don't know. I I read it. And that was, that's the first book I remember reading. It's giving me, like, chills. (laughs) Um, With, like, your schedule, how do you, like, do you dedicate time to make yourself read? Do you listen to audiobooks? I guess, like, how do you find a way to get books into your schedule, which I have to imagine has next to zero free time. No, no, I have plenty of free time. I build it in. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I do not listen to audiobooks ever. I just don't connect with books auditorially. Mm-hmm. I want to physically hold them. But every single night before I go to bed, I read. 
And I just do that instead of scrolling through my phone or, you know, putting on a movie. Like, very often my child, my son goes to bed at, like, 7.30 or 8. And by, like, 8.30, I'm in bed with my book. Mm-hmm. Um, so I read almost every night. I, when I'm on, because I travel so much, I decided that flights are fun time for me. I don't work on flights. Uh, so I will watch movies, or that's where I'll like plow through many chapters of a book on airplanes. Um, and uh, I always make sure I've got a book on vacation. So I'll read, you know, by the beach, or um, I always bring a book when I hike. So when I get to the top of the mountain or the lake, I'm spending a half an hour up there eating snacks and reading. So I just like <laughs> find time to build it in. I kind of want to be best friends with you now. I- <laughs> <laughs> That does. That sounds absolutely amazing. We'd have so much fun. We would just trade book recommendations. Yes. Any chili. Uh, oh my God! You just named. You just literally described my perfect like Saturday <laughs> afternoon. That sounds fantastic. Um, well, I guess like my kind of like closing question I would be for you is like, what do you want people to know about Whole Thirty that you don't think they currently do? I think I want people to understand that I know, we know as a community that changing your diet is hard. Changing your emotional relationship with food is hard, but it is not any harder than where people are right now, feeling stuck, feeling addicted, feeling like they have no control over the food they are eating. And coming to the program joining our community, adopting a growth mindset, letting us support you every single step of the way. Like what you are engaging in is unlike any quote diet you've ever done ever before. But this is the thing that so many people have said has actually worked to change their lives. And I just want people, if they're on the fence, if they're considering it, if they know something needs to change but they don't know how, come to Whole30.com. The entire program is available for free. You don't have to buy anything to do it. You can just do it on your own if you choose. We've got a huge welcoming community and tons of resources. But I want people to know that we know how hard it is, but that we have you fully supported through the process. I have to tell you, I am inspired as hell. (laughs) Melissa, thank you so much for joining us today. This was fantastic. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. This was really, really fun. You've combined two of my favorite things, Whole30 <laughs> and books. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, thank you so much. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can add these titles to their collections and marketplace. Hey nerds, I'm Sarah, the Paper Nerd, and if you've ever wondered what goes into that greeting card you just sent or received, well, quite a lot. Get your paper fix on the paper fold where I host an enchanting mix of personalities and players all nerding out on my favorite topic, stationery. From the designs of our snail mail communications to the precious space created when two people correspond, there's a lot to cover. So come grab a seat in the stationery community's only five-star paper salon, The Paper Fold, now part of the Evergreen Podcast Network.